so hype right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, listening to the show on a podcast, walking the dogs as people have told me, showering, driving to work, or watching the show on YouTube, which people are doing in more and more numbers, I really do thank you for doing so. I am just psyched that you're making me part of your Boston Celtics experience. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. And I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which is available everywhere books are sold. Get a signed copy on my website, johncorrales.com. Today is Mailbag Friday. And uh, gonna I, basically what I do is I put questions, uh, the, the call for questions out on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, I'm sorry. It's the easiest way for me to do it. I put out a tweet. People respond to it. It's very easy to get the questions. But I have a contact form on my, my website. You can try to get me through there or leave a comment under the the video. Uh, A lot more people are watching. A lot more people are commenting. So uh, I hope to catch them all. I try to catch them all, but uh, I'm trying. So Twitter is the best way. And I did get a bunch of questions. So I'm just going to roll right into the questions, starting with my boy, Mike Pischel. Is this a bridge year? Why or why not? And uh, Nick McLeod, who kind of throws this in there. While this year, perhaps while this year, perhaps being a bridge year, what do you think the goal slash aspiration should be for the team and individuals this coming season? So, yeah, bridge year is probably the best way to put it. I think the the Celtics are very clearly they've they've run their course from the you, you go back to the Gordon Hayward signing and you go Hayward, Kyrie, Al Horford and the pivot to Kemba Walker. That whole thing didn't work. And some of it, nobody really nobody's fault when it comes to Hayward's injury. That ruined everything. You, That's the epicenter of all of this going south. Hayward's injury was just monumental to the Boston Celtics. So that went south. Kyrie went south. Uh, Horford left for a ridiculous amount of money. The Kemba thing, because of the knee, didn't pan out. And so now... The, the the Celtics have to pivot to 100% unequivocally, this is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's team. That's what's going on here. So this is the bridge year to that, to make it their team and to get them the type of help that they need. They have to go through this to get to that. So this is the bridge year. And so what are the goals? What are the aspirations? The goals are, first of all, to find something that that works with Tatum as the lead guy, Jalen Brown as the, the co-lead. And 
getting them comfortable with that, with those roles. Last year was kind of a weird year for the Celtics in that regard. That that's uh, I think something that the Celtics weren't anticipating. Jason Tatum made his leap and Jalen Brown kind of followed in the absence of Kemba Walker. And then once Kemba came back, he was trying to, he was thrust into this role of, well, am I the lead guy? Am I not the lead guy? So now making it this, this transition to this is where we are here. This is, this is Tatum and Brown's team. Uh, Going out there and rediscovering their defensive identity. Uh, I think Ime Odoka is going to be very focused on that. Going out and uh, just playing hard and and having the, how can I put this, mental maturity to not let this term bridge year ruin what they're trying to do. And as I said yesterday in the podcast with Keith Smith, I think – one thing that Brad Stevens can bank on is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are a hundred percent going to play hard for Ime Odoka. Like this is not a situation where it's, if it was, it was Brad as the head coach and this was the bridge year, I might actually have more trepidation for what was going to happen because this is right about the time where, and maybe Brad Stevens saw this coming. Maybe this is what he saw coming when he took the job. It was like, I don't want to be the head coach as we make this transition, as we have to jettison Kemba Walker. Maybe Brad Stevens just said, I'm going to go on the other side of this thing. You bring a new head coach in there. These guys are going to be energized for the new head coach. Yeah, we've got to make some difficult decisions, but go out there, play your asses off for Udoka, and we'll maybe we'll shock some people. Maybe, maybe it'll be another second round exit. Maybe it'll be, maybe they'll get lucky. You just never know how a season's going to go, injuries and whatnot. So I, I think that there is a strong possibility that this team overachieves or, you know, what's overachieving? It's expectations. So I, I think the team and the individuals on this team should just focus on let's play hard for this first-year head coach. Uh, as I said, Tatum and Brown, not gonna, uh, they don't want to be the reason – that Udoka fails, highly anticipated him getting this first coaching job, him getting it in the, in Boston as part of the Celtics. Uh, they're not going to be the reason they're not going to good. They're not going to go out there and screw it up for him. So I think rediscover your defensive identity and go play hard. See what happens. Use this as a chip on your shoulder. Rita at Smiley Jogger says, do you think the Celtics should go after Dennis Schroeder? So this is a funny question because it's a serious question. Do you think they should go after Dennis Schroeder? Um, I'm, I'm not sure that, that, that he's the guy that, that, that they need here. Um, but if he was willing to take the taxpayer mid-level uh, after everything fell apart for him. I mean, really, everything has fallen apart for Dennis Schroeder. If he's willing to to say, okay, one year, which he he absolutely wants one year, so that fits. If, you know, bringing him in, you say, hey, we'll make him the starter, and you start him and Marcus Smart, and your starters are Schroeder Smart, Tatum Brown, and Robert Williams, 
Hey, why not? I mean, normally I'd say, mm, I'm not so sure, but this is this year, my my attitude is different this year. My attitude is completely different with this team this year. It's a one-year thing. So it's it's what's the major impact? I mean, unless it takes away from Tatum and Brown, which that's my that's my real trepidation here, that he's gonna come in and say, I gotta go back out there and earn another max contract or try to earn another max contract because he just turned down a ton of money and it's blowing up in his face. Unless a team wants to do a sign and trade, it's blowing up in his face. So he's going to go out there and be aggressive, but he's going to be looking for his. So that's the one reason why I tip towards no, but you know, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent against it. But the problem is that the Celtics aren't going to sign him that there's, it's almost no, almost no chance. I'd be shocked. It's a possibility, but I'd be shocked if that's the case. Bob at Smitana, at Bob Smitana. I hope I got that name right. Could the changes, bringing back Horford, adding some vets, losing Thompson, help the C's get back on track, add a new coach, normal non-COVID season, and some improvement from the young guys? And can the C's be a good time rather than a team that struggled last year? Also, could the C's follow the Golden State model? Two great players, one defensive star, lots of good supporting players. So I, I will say that regardless of any shakeups, regardless of any moves, anything, I did expect some level of improvement from the Boston Celtics when you got past COVID. Now we'll see if they're really getting past COVID because this whole Delta variant and the uptick and I'm not even going to get into it because people get mad when I get into it. It's not a thing anymore that I want to talk about right now, except, you know, Protect yourselves, people, please. But if we get through a normal non-COVID season, then yeah, I'd see improvement. The, a lot of the things that hurt the Celtics last year were out of their control. The schedule is going to be normal. Fewer back-to-backs, maybe fewer restrictions when, the, when they're on the road. Uh, that's going to help. Improvement from the young guys could certainly help. As I said with Udoka, this is a major thing. The Tatum and Brown especially have been so advocating for new black head coaches to enter the league. There has been an influx. This has been a great season for that, adding new names, adding diversity into the coaching mix. Tatum and Brown are absolutely not going to be the guys who are responsible for Udoka failing right away. They are not. They don't want that. So they will do everything that they can to make sure that he succeeds and exceeds expectations. So think about this, the, everything that's ba- everything that we think about from a team, are they good? Are they bad? Are they surprising? Who gets these awards coach of the year and blah, blah, blah. It's all based on expectations. It's almost like everybody, like a cabal gets together and agrees before the season that, okay, here's where we expect this. And here's where we expect that. And there's a little bit of group think, and there's a, all of that going on. And the Celtics are going to go into the season some people are going to put them seventh. Some people are going to put them eighth. Some people are going to overreact to the, the bridgier thing. And then if just some simple things go right, they'll, they could, they could get to that fourth seed. I think that four is probably the realistic place. Like everything goes right. They're probably the fourth seed. Three is the, Something goes wrong for somebody else. They can maybe make that leap. But somewhere in that 4-5, I think the Celtics could reasonably land. I'm not saying 8th or ninth is out of the question if things go wrong for them. 
Lord knows things have gone wrong for them over the past few years. So I'm not going to say that that's out of the question, but the normal, just normal things. Horford is an inc- incredibly important addition here just from the sake of like stability, calm. We've seen him work with these guys before. He knows what he's supposed to do. I do, I, I do think that they can surprise some people. I think people are overreacting right now to a lack of signings. Uh, and as far as that Golden State model goes, I think we've got to make sure that we're on the right side of, you know, remembering how this went. They they did have Steph Curry develop into a generational talent with a unique skill set. Clay Thompson, you know, incredible shooter and defender. Uh, Draymond Green is one of, like, he exceeds the, the level of defense. And when we say, I don't think it's right to say one defensive star and say, well, there's Marcus Smart. He's the defensive star. Draymond Green is their defensive star. It's a real big difference that Draymond Green plays center for them because he's the back line and he's calling out coverages. He's the one that sees everything. So, and he's so incredibly smart and he can, he can bring the ball up. He can grab a rebound, grab a steal, you know, make a defensive play, bring the ball up. So it adds a different dynamic. Um, I don't think that the two great players that Golden State had are the same as the two great players that the Celtics have. It's a little bit different. It's I get the the pieces. And then also, Iguodala was a huge pickup that was a reclamation project that really, really worked out for them, like perfectly. The Celtics, could Josh Richardson be that? Maybe, possibly. But they had other guys... Uh, off their bench that were reclamation projects that worked out perfectly. They just had the right mix of guys. So I don't know that they can duplicate that. I don't think that they've got the right good supporting players for that. And I just don't think that Tatum and Brown are at the level that Steph and Clay were before. It's just they're a notch below. I don't think there's any shame in saying that. They're still really good. They're just a notch below. Going to take a break and come back with more questions, uh, including some coaching questions, starting lineup, and maybe even a look ahead to next summer. That's coming up. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, if you've signed for, sign up for uh, Bet Online in the past and you're looking for some help, Check out the new Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They've got you covered. Locks, blowout special, wrong team favored. Uh, it's brought to you by betonline.ag. So uh, make sure you're checking them out. If you're watching me on YouTube and you see my microphone up at a different different place, now I don't know if you can hear it differently, see it differently, uh, but I am trying a new configuration. And so uh, it's... Fine-tuning. People have asked me about the audio. Uh, in this place where I'm recording right now, it's a little bit different atmosphere. There's, It's not as echoey. I'm trying this thing. I think I like it here. Plus, it gives me freedom to move my hands. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube. Uh, back to the questions. At Dre Dawson 26 what role will Aaron Miles have with the Celtics? I went to high school with him. Hey, shout out to... Dre, who went to high school with Aaron Miles, new Celtics head coach, who was a developmental coach at Golden State, would probably assume some of that same role in the player development side with uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh, but to be honest with you, I haven't been able to talk to Ime Odoka since he was hired about any of these guys 
because he immediately went to Las Vegas and now he's in Tokyo with Team USA. So, uh, but I assume that Aaron Miles will assume some of the developmental strategies and in, in, in working with players and trying to figure out which guy needs to work how and 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 working with the younger guys and and just on that development side. Angelo Rodriguez at Arod the Truth thirty four. What's your ideal starting lineup for game one of the season? He suggests Smart, Romeo, Jalen, Tatum, and Robert Williams. That's mostly right. I think it would be interesting if Romeo can can ascend to that level. My feeling is that if we're going to look to somebody off the bench, your your candidates are Josh Richardson. Um, maybe you start. Uh, I don't know, Chris Dunn. Do you do that and, and move Smart over? I don't think so. Uh, Richardson at the two is probably a, a good idea just to get him some, some help there, uh, you know, playing off of the other guys that might work. Uh, if we're looking towards the young guys, maybe Aaron Neesmith of Neesmith and Romeo. I would, I would actually pick Neesmith because the shooting is more valuable around Tatum and Brown and smart and Rob just to have that one guy out there that can catch and shoot off of those guys would be, I think ideal. So. Right now, I would lean that. Um, I would bring Horford off the bench. I'm very pro starting Robert Williams. Horford off the bench because if there's any possibility of him not playing back-to-backs, then I would want to not have him be the starter and miss back-to-backs and then have to adjust. I'd just rather have the starting lineup be consistent, and then you adjust how you back up the starting center. So that I would go with Rob there. And then Josh Richardson off the bench. Uh, just so we can handle the ball a little bit more, I think would be uh, a better idea than starting him. So that, that's how I see it right now. We'll see what the Celtics do moving forward. Uh, at Resist Celta, who, sat, who asked, which steps do you think the Celtics, which next steps do you think the Celtics are going to do next summer? Well, I mean, obviously the, the, the big step is getting that third star, right? That third superstar player to, to really turn the Celtics into a super team. So between now and then, I think Marcus Smart's probably gone. Al Horford is probably gone. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an in-season trade to move Horford for an expiring contract that works just one for one. Uh, the Celtics can throw a pick and, and some cash to, to alleviate that in, in, find a team with a similar contract. And so the Celtics can clear that space out. Marcus Smart, either a sign and trade to go somewhere else, probably uh, might be their best option. If there's a team out there that can use Marcus Smart, that's over the cap, sign and trade, create a, a traded player exception, somewhere in that $18 million range, whatever Marcus Smart gets. Uh, sad to say, but I'm, I've resigned myself to it. I, I'm not, I don't want to trade Marcus Smart at all. Anybody who's listening, who's a regular listener knows that I want Marcus Smart to be the starting point guard. But those of you who don't want Marcus Smart around, congratulations. I think that's how it's going to go. And if you can get a TPE form, that's going to be super, super helpful. So I think the Celtics will do everything they can to do that. Uh, If they can get, let's say, Bradley Beal at a reduced price. And when I say reduced price, if you listen to yesterday's podcast with Keith Smith, I suggested that maybe they could convince Bradley Beal 
to come in instead of the full 35% max of the increased cap for that following season, which would be 115 million, 116 million, somewhere in that range. Um, maybe they can get him for a starting salary of 35. So they can save $5 million. If they can save that, they can keep Robert Williams. If they can create the traded player exception, then you can maybe keep one of your young guys. Maybe you can keep Aaron Neesmith. You can keep Robert Williams. You can have a traded player exception to use in acquiring somebody else or two players that are mid-level guys, but obviously you're not using a mid-level. That I think that would be those would be the steps. However, I will say that, and and I think Keith and I will get back together to do a podcast on this. Acquiring Bradley Beal via sign and trade might be a better idea. And if the Celtics have the possibility of getting him through a sign and trade, that would be best. And and doing it like during the NBA Finals, during that calendar year, whenever they're eliminated. Instead of Beal opting out, you go to Washington and say, here's a bunch of expiring contracts. Here are some picks. We're, Beal's opting out. We're going to sign him. Let's do something like a sign and trade. You create this traded player exception, or we give you cap space. The Celtics can operate as an over-the-cap team. You get to keep Marcus Smart, potentially. You get to keep a bunch of guys because now you don't have to worry about operating with cap space. If you operate as just doing the sign and trade, you hard cap yourself, but you also, you know, you're going to still lose people because you hard cap yourself, but you also have the possibility of let's keep Marcus smart and you can start smart Tatum Brown Beal. And if you can keep Robert Williams in all of this, now you're cooking. Now you're cooking. Maybe they have trouble filling the bench a little bit, but we're going to work all that out. Those are going to be my, my two paths to acquiring I'll say third star, but it's going to be Bradley Beal, probably. Big Deuce at Mawuli Official. Do you think the Celtics' desire to get a third star instead of building a strong supporting cast is because of the lack of faith in the Jays as a championship duo? Because we built the perfect team as soon as Kyrie and Gordon arrived. Also, if this gamble doesn't work out, can you see Jalen leaving at the end of his contract to go play with Trey Young in Atlanta if they continue their playoff success? Starting the second thing first, I do think that there's always a risk, and it's the riskiest part of this, this plan. The riskiest part of this plan is you don't pull off what you're trying to pull off, and the Celtics are no longer desirable. You, it doesn't work. Jalen Brown says, I, I can't sit around here while you guys are futzing around with you know this exception and that exception. and." I want to go play for a winner. Going home, sure, sure, certainly has some appeal, I'm sure. He he loves where he's from. I don't think he has any problems playing with the pressure of where he's from. If the Celtics need to pivot, the the Hawks at still have a lot of good young players. At that point, Jalen's going to be in his prime. If the Celtics need to reload, retool, rebuild, then yeah, that, that could be an option. At that point, if he's going, I don't know if they're going to be able to build around Tatum. I don't even want to go down that road. But the first thing, I don't think it's because they don't have faith in Tatum and Brown as a championship duo. I think they just see what's ahead of them. They see the Brooklyn Nets ahead of them. They see that 
the three-star model works. I think this past year was maybe a little bit more of an aberration because of the COVID circumstances and the injuries and all of that. But unless you have LeBron, unless you have Steph, KD, the the three-star system is more likely. Now, KD has two other stars, so that's a three-star system there. But And Tatum right now is not on that level. He's not LeBron. He's not Steph. He's not Durant. He's not Harden. He's just not. That's not to say that he can't be an MVP. It's not to say that he can't be a championship, you know, the best player in a championship team. But let's face it, he's not LeBron. It's it's not a criticism of anybody. There's, There's those tiers of players, the LeBron tier, that's just godlike. Tatum is a potentially MVP level player that, okay, but you're just not godlike. You're just a really damn good player. You have to work to get to that level. So I think for, for now, until he gets there, if he gets there, that third star is going to be a way to kind of maybe ensure that why not? If you can get the third star, do it. So, uh, all right, going to come back in a moment with the rest of the questions, but first, Got to tell you about Built Bar, which I had a Built Bar around here. Got got some more. Uh, chow down on one after my my workout today because they're great after a workout. They're fantastic. It's you know, Most of them are somewhere between 130, 170 calories. You're getting 15, 16, 17, 18 grams of protein. You're really getting yourself a good protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's covered in chocolate. There's nut flavors. There's non-nut flavors if you got an allergy. If you're on a keto diet, no problem. Check it out. Go to built.com. Whatever you want, there's there's something that's going to fit what you like. And there's always special flavors dropping. And there's always going to be some sort of free gift or something like that going on. So go to built.com. Check it out. Use the promo code LOCK15 while you're there. And you're going to get 15% off your next order. So cruise around. They have assorted boxes. So if you like fruity, but you're not sure, maybe you want a peanut butter, you want to try a few of them, go ahead, buy one box. Don't go crazy. Buy one box. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of that. Figure out the flavors that you like. Go back. Stock up. You're going to love them. I'm telling you. Uh, and you can still use that promo code LOCKED15 every time you go to Built.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Back to the questions here from Winfred Fields. Any chance Harden is plan B for next year's free agency after Bradley Beal? Hear me out, he says. Ime's relationship with him is well documented. Should the Nets not get a chip next this, this year, wouldn't Harden still be looking to ring chase somewhere? Beard Tatum Brown has real winning potential. I want to dismiss this out of hand because it's still Harden and KD and Kyrie. And if anything goes wrong with those three, I'm betting that Kyrie's the one that goes because Durant and Harden are still the two best. And Harden handling the ball and, and Durant by his side is just, if you're going to pick a duo, that's the duo. So I don't think that that's the first option, but I didn't even see what his contractual situation is. So while I'm talking, I'm going to look that up. 
But um, the I don't know that that that's going to be the first choice. And and frankly, I don't know if I want that to be the first choice because they had an opportunity to move him before. Um, and he's got what a player option for 47 million. He's not going to give that up. I don't think he's going to give that up at all. He's going to take a pay cut. The most the Celtics can offer him is a $7 million pay cut. So unless, unless something goes absolutely horribly, terribly wrong and he says, that's it, I'm out. I doubt that Harden is the plan B. I think that Harden sticks around. They all pick up their options for one more year, and then they figure it out from there. Uh, at Yinan Bar, why are the same people who wanted to trade Kemba and Fournier uh, were so down when they joined the Knicks? What am I missing? So this, we get caught up in a lot of this. They're not, they're not always the same people. We hear it. It becomes kind of white noise on, on Twitter. And we think like there are people who say you got to trade for, you know, we don't Fournier sucks or you got to get rid of Kemba and they do. And then it's like, well, not for that. It's some people are just going to be like that. That's just how it's going to be. Some people are going to say, this is how it is. There are people who, this is one thing that I hate. It's been happening now. Every off season it happens. A guy posts a picture on Instagram from a beach or a pool somewhere, and the reaction is, oh, well, well, he should be working. He should be shooting free throws, or why isn't he working out? Like like people can't go on vacation. So that's just how people are going to be on social media. Twitter sucks. Twitter's a horrible place. The reactions are terrible, you know, and, and it's just people go over the top. So why do people who wanted to trade Kemba are now pissed off that he went to New York? Well, because there's nothing that can stop them from being pissed off. I I really try not to pay attention to that anymore. People are going to be pissed off and that's just it. There's I'm happy for Kemba. Good. Go to New York. Fine. Whatever. Like he, he deserves that shot. He's done nothing wrong. Anybody who's got any, any animosity towards Kemba Walker. The problem's with you, not with Kemba. Kemba is a decent guy who keeps to himself and only wants to win and is a great teammate. If you've got a problem with Kemba Walker, that's a you problem. That's not that's not his problem. That's That tells me a lot about who you are. Barry Magnus, a bit of a rhetorical question, but here goes. Love rhetorical questions. Should C's fans be watching this in next year's rookie classes to see who we want back when J and J ask out? That and the picks we might get entice Presley or Masai when Brad inevitably returns to coaching. Uh, Boy, that's that's a lot there, man. Uh, I think, uh, look, if we're being real, I'm being honest with you. That's, yeah, yeah, that's something that you just want to keep an eye on. I'm not going to tell you it's not possible because as I said before, as I said in past podcast, it is absolutely possible that this can go south, that Bradley Beal doesn't pan out, that a third star doesn't come, that Jalen Brown I keep bringing him up first because his contract's up first that Jalen Brown says, I want out. 
done. Thank you, but no thank you. Uh, and, and things start to fall apart quickly. And so if it doesn't work, yeah, there's, there are rookies. If you want to start paying attention to the draft, there are rookies out there that you're going to want to, or, or guys in college or coming out of high school or the G League Ignite that you're going to want to start to just keep an eye on just in case because the Celtics could pull this off. It's a pivot to a potentially great thing. It's also something that could go completely wrong. It's almost like if you watched if you watched the uh, the American Ninja Warrior show where the comp- you know it's all these crazy competitions that you've got to jump and fly off of this thing and this is basically Brad Stevens on a platform ready to make a leap for that next obstacle whatever thing that he's going to do he's either going to catch it and make it across that thing that you can fall into the water, whatever, or he's going to fall into the water and the race is over. But this is basically an American Ninja Warrior course for Brad Stevens, basketball-wise. He's at a part here where if you make it across this, then you can get up that final wall and hit that buzzer. If you don't make it across this, then... All right, let's we turn into a we turn into a draft show really fast. We'll wrap it up here with James Peters, who uh, drops a lot of compliments. Thank you very much. Uh, can you speak on Lamarcus Aldridge? Mm. Okay, yes, I can. Uh, he played with Ime in Portland his rookie season. He followed him to San Antonio when Ime was an assistant. Then he did the same last year, going to the Nets. What are your thoughts? And he says to expand, Ime took Aldridge under his wing his rookie year. They are they were very close friends, which uh, which is what led Aldridge to San Antonio when Ime was an assistant coach there. He then left San Antonio to go to Brooklyn when Ime was assistant there. I think there's a strong chance he considers Boston. So I'm going to tell you flat out, I am. A hundred percent gun shy. I, 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 I want to say this. I want to say this the right way. I hope LaMarcus Aldridge is doing the right thing. I hope the doctors that he's going to are a hundred percent convinced that this is the right thing. If he comes back, I, I hope people understand that as a kid growing up, Watching the Boston Celtics and watching Reggie Lewis pass away from a heart condition that cost him his career, but then he went doctor shopping and he found a guy and got the answers that he wanted and then he died, right? I don't want LaMarcus Aldridge to go doctor shopping. If doctors, plural experts. If the tests say, yeah, he can come back and play. If the doctors all say, yeah, he can come back and play. There's no risk whatsoever. Then. Okay. And even then I'm worried. Even that like, every time he falls, I'm going to be worried. And so personally, I don't want to 
I don't want that to be the case. I do not want that, that risk, that cloud hanging over. If Aldridge is healthy and he wants to come back to the NBA, and if Boston is a place that he ends up, I will, I will have to put my trust and faith in him and his doctors doing their due diligence and, and making sure that he's able to do this. But I am scared to death about him coming back and playing. If it was enough to cause him to quit when he was on a team that was heading towards championship contention and he was like, nope, sorry, can't stick around, can't even sit on the bench. I retire, I'm done. That's That to me tells me that there's something – it's too scary for me. It's just too scary for me. All of the stuff that you're saying here, James, makes perfect sense. Totally makes sense. I get it. I think Ime Udoka would have plenty of sway when it comes to bringing Aldridge into a team. He would be the you know one of the first people. He probably still has his, his cell phone number. Could call him from Tokyo right now. But I'm... I'm just scared of that. All right. That's going to do the mailbag. Uh, I hope people have uh, enjoyed the show. I hope that the audio sounded good. I did a couple of tests beforehand. I think it sounded good. Uh, So still working on it, still trying to fine tune things, get this to be as good as possible. So I can keep giving you a good show that you enjoy, that you can listen to comfortably and all of that. Uh, If you are a new listener, just tagging along, coming along for the ride, discover the podcast somehow, or stumble across it on on YouTube, then please subscribe. Would love to have you as a new subscriber. This show is five days a week, all right? Occasionally, I'll have, like last week, I, I couldn't do the Friday show because of my Thursday draft night show obligations, but this is a five day a week show generally. And it's the only show that regularly goes five days a week. So please subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 2,000 subscribers. We hit 2,000 subscribers so far in just, was it, four months that we've been doing the the show on YouTube. So that's huge. Thank you all so, so much for subscribing, leaving the comments, leaving, you know, uh, give me the thumbs up and all this stuff uh, as I navigate YouTube and try to figure that out. Really appreciate that. And, And most importantly, if you can, Share it. Tell your friends that they should be listening and watching the (laughs) they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.